this morning I get to continue on the called series and I get to speak on my favourite one, one of my favourite ones, um, which has been called to family. Called to family. As I was writing this message, I, um, I got into like the memes and the quotes. I got distracted. I don't know if anyone else gets um, distracted uh, when they're supposed to be focused and so I thought I'd share a few with you. Uh, one of them is, I was normal two kids ago. <laughs> thought that was pretty good. I was normal two kids ago. Being part of a family means smiling for photos. Now, I put this one up because I don't know about you, but it's like every time I get the camera out, it is such a drag. It is such a drag. And But like my family, they love looking back on photos and they're like, oh, look at this. Except when I pulled them out, like they're just... It's, you know, someone's not smiling. It's always, oh, what do you have to do this, mum? Smiling for photos. I like this one. It's like no one in my family appreciates that I stayed up all night overthinking for them. <laughs> mum. <laughs> right? Anyone else? That's so me sometimes. Um, I like this one. This is Mother Teresa. What can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. Good. This one's from C.S. Lewis. Children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. Very true. This one's from Charles Spurgeon. You are as much serving God and looking after your own children and training them up in God's fear and minding the house and making your household a church of God, a church for God, as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. So true. And this is really the heart of what I want to get at today. Called to family. It can feel like such an ordinary calling. I mean, it's not exactly unique, is it? We're all born into a family we're all called to family, and I just, I just know that pride and ego would want to lead us out to find calling and places elsewhere, but wisdom, wisdom would encourage us to stay right where we're at with our family and to be fully called there to be called to our family. It can, at first glance, appear so common. So ordinary, but it's a calling of significance and it's a calling of legacy. When people are often breathing their last and in the last days, they will often be thinking about this calling and their commitment to that calling. And there's either regret and the lack of commitment to that calling of being called to their family or it's those feelings of so proud. That was the greatest investment and adventure I have ever had. Family, family. How incredible an opportunity that we get to invest in something that will last longer than we are, than we will. How amazing that we get to invest in something so precious that was designed by God and is blessed by Him that will make a huge difference beyond our lives. It will bless us in our life and it will live longer than us. 
But I'm aware that as I speak about and as I teach on um, these relationships, uh, the parent-child relationship, the husband and wife relationship, the family, wider family relationship today. As I teach on them and what the scripture says about them, I'm aware that gaps in your family uh, will be highlighted today. And I just wanted to acknowledge you and acknowledge those gaps left there by loved ones and And I just wanted to say that I've been praying for you this week and and, and I really pray even now that the Holy Spirit would be your comfort as, um, as you go about this today and as you hear this message, may you be comforted. And, um, and, And not only do we have gaps in our family, we can also have fractures as well. And so for those of you that come here and there are broken relationships, there are fractures in your family, um, that's okay. We're so glad that you're here. Um, you know, when just our calling to our family doesn't stop when things get tough. So whatever it looks like for you today, your calling to your family doesn't stop when things get tough. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would guide you um, as you learn, as you figure out how to navigate this, how to live this out in the family that you have now. There's going to be a temptation and the temptation is to go, oh, yeah, my husband needs to do that or my brother or my mum or my, you know, this or that. But don't do that. <laughs> so in this message, we're going we're to, in our time together as we gather around to learn about us being called to family, we're not going to do that. Relationships are a two-way street. I understand that. But we can't control what the other person says, what the other person does. So we're going to leave that there and we're going to focus on you. We're going to focus on your call your part to play. And so when you feel yourself going that way, bring yourself in, okay? All right. So easy to just miss it because we're focusing on what we think other people should be doing and God's just trying to speak to us. So why don't we pray and then I'll get into the message. Ephesians 3 verse 14. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on the earth derives its name. I thank you, Father, that you are, you are Father to us all, that in you we have family. I thank you, Jesus, because of what you did for us on the cross, because you gave your life for us. When we are born again, we're born into the family of God. And I thank you that no matter our story, Lord, how broken or how whole, I thank you, Lord, that we are part of a wider family. I thank you, Lord, for the legacy that has been passed down to us through our families. And I thank you, Lord, that even dysfunctions that have been passed on, I thank you, God, that through the power of your spirit, they can finish with us and need not go any further. And so we invite your wisdom and your authority in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, let's start by opening the Word. We're going to go to Mark chapter 12, verse 28, if you brought your Bibles. Okay, so one of the teachers of the law came and they heard them debating, them as Jesus and the Pharisees. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. The Lord our, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, 
the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And the second is like this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. There is no commandments greater than this. So what Jesus is speaking about, he's speaking about proximity and he's speaking about priority. So that we are not, we are to love abundantly, yes, but we are to love with priority. As the people of God, we are to love with priority, abundantly, but not equally. We are to prioritise those in proximity to us. And this is what he meant when he said, love thy neighbour as yourself. He's talking about those in our family. He's talking about those who are closest to us. And so we don't go out and we love our workmates this much and our boss this much and then our friends this much and then go home and love our kids this much and our spouse this much. He's saying as people of God, there's an order and there's a priority to who we love and we love those in proximity to us. And so let's look at some of these relationships that are these proximity relationships. We're going to start with the parent and children relationship. And we're going to start with the child to parent first. Okay, so child to parent. So Ephesians 6 verse 1, children, even adult children, obey your parents <laughs> because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honour your father and mother, things will go well for you. Did you hear that? Things will go well for you and you will have a long life on this earth. It's so interesting how culture has shifted and Western culture in particular. So if you had have gone back generations ago, um, I bet like those kids more than the kids of today would get, yeah, I'm called to my parents. I'm called to honour my parents. It's so interesting. Um, I was chatting with some of our Auckland leaders and many of them uh, didn't grow up in a Western home. They have a, like an Eastern culture and I'm like, man, they get this so much more than we do. So honouring their parents, being called to their parents, um, it informs the way that they live. It informed the job that they chose, uh, where they lived, the spouse that they married, I talked to some of them and they are married and they still give financially um, to their parents, helping pay off their mortgage. And they were like, what? That's just what you do. In Western culture, it's so different. And I wonder here, like, how many of us know that our parents are called to us, but do we know that we're called to them? Do we honour that? Does that go the other way? See, honour works best when it flows both ways. I love my kids. I pour into my kids. I love to do it. I love to serve them. I'm, I'm called to them. I know it. But man, it's nice when it comes back the other way. <laughs> when they go, and how are you, mum? How was your day? Is your back feeling any better? Can I help you with anything? You're like, oh, well, this just feels nice, doesn't it? When that honour flows both ways and when God, when he's speaking about like honour your mother and father and he's, and he's telling us to love each other, this is the picture that honour would flow both ways. When we are to fulfil this commandment of God to honour your mother and father, um, it says that we get this blessing, that we are blessed. If we do that, there's a blessing attached to it. And maybe you're here and you're like, well, I've got a gap. I don't have a mother. I don't have a father. Do you know you can still, 
you can still fulfill and live out this commandment. You can honour their memory. You can honour them by speaking about them, by speaking well of them, by remembering them, by remembering the lessons that they sowed into your life, by living by them, by sharing that with others. I know that if I passed on and my children did that, I would be honoured. I would feel really honoured. So you can still live out this commandment. And maybe you've got like a fractured relationship with your parents and you're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, like, what would it look like to, to honour my mother and father when maybe they treated you badly, maybe they walked out on you, you're like, I don't know how to do this. Like, how would I honour my mother and father in this fractured relationship? Well, I'd encourage you to actually ask that question of God. What would it look like to honour them Safely, what would it look like? Maybe it means just praying for them every day. Could you honour them by what you say and by what you don't say? In Psalm 27 verse 10, this is David, and I don't know what happened with David and his parents, but he said, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. And I just think that's so important to know if you're here and you're like, oh, I have been forsaken by my parents. That was not a good one. Know that you have a father in our Father God. Okay, now let's look at the parent to child relationship. Parents, you're called to your children. You are called to your children and raising your children when they're young. This is like a special assignment within your greater calling as a parent. So that time, that really matters a lot. You know, for many of us, raising our children would likely be the greatest impact we have on the world. If a parent raises their child in love, they will most likely bring good into the world and then raise their children in an environment of love. And their children will most likely bring good into the world and most likely raise their children in love. Raising our children is a huge, huge, huge work. It's a good impact I love um, what C.S. Lewis said. He said that children are not a distraction from the most important work. They are the most important work. What makes this challenging is that, yes, raising them is a very important work, but these children actually come with work as well. Right? They come with a lot of work. They, they are the work. Yes, we need to raise them in the ways of God. But they also come with work. They come with a lot of admin. They come with a lot of, you know, washing and, you know, find, you know em- emotional support and taxiing and all the things. And then on top of that, um, most of us have work as well. Most families these days, both parents are working. And I remember coming home last year and I said to Joel, man, it's like, it's like I'm expected to work like I don't have children and raise my children like I don't have work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the school's like, come to watch this performance at 12 o'clock. It's like, it's like they don't know I have work. Or these teachers only days. It's like they don't, you know, it's like they don't think I've got work to do. And then... And then I've got a meeting at four o'clock and it's like, it's like they, they think I don't have kids to raise, <laughs> you know? It's a pressure cooker. And, and even if you're not working outside of the home and you've got a, um, a, a parent dedicated solely to the home, there's so much work that comes with these people. And sometimes I'm like, oh, could you just, 
go like play the PlayStation or like do something <laughs> so that I can do all the work that comes with you. But they are the real work, right? Raising them in the ways of God is the real work. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Start children off in the way they should go, and when they were old, they will not depart from it. Parents with teenagers and young adults, note that the wisdom writer did not say, and when they are young, they will not depart from it. So be encouraged. <laughs> Have hope. Yes, they might, they might walk away for a time. They might make stupid choices for a time. But be encouraged, when they are old, they will not depart from it. You know, I, I truly believe, and, and it was, uh, you know, I lived this out too. I truly believe that those who grew up in a Christian home, you knew the Lord. When you walk away, you know better. You know better. Yep, some of you nodded. You were like, I knew better. Or I know better. <laughs> I remember being out in town one night and I was out clubbing and, and you'd see the people that you went to Sunday school with and you'd meet and you'd be like, yeah, we know better. And I, you know, one time I was like dancing away, the irony of this, and I was chatting with a family friend that I went to, grew up in church with, and here I am so needing the Lord. And I'm like, oh, I know what's wrong with you guys. Like, you need to go to church. And uh, so you need Jesus. And so I said to them, right, tomorrow morning, I'm going to meet you there. You and your girlfriend, you're going to go in. That's what you need. And then I woke up and I was like, what on earth was I thinking? Now I have to go to church, you know. Um, and but I tell you what, I knew better. I knew better. The first time I ever preached, I had said to Joe, I won't do that. And he said, no, you, you do need to at some point share something. And, and I said to him, I'll, I'll bring a word when I have something to say. And the first message I ever shared, um, though I don't even know if you could call it a message, it wasn't very good, but it was based from Psalm 119, verse 176. And this is what spoke to me so, so, so deeply because, see, I had known what it was to fall away and to walk away from, from God and from His ways. And as I had entered back into the family of faith and became a Christian again and was doing my best to live that out, I saw others kind of fall away. And, and in the back of my head, there was always that, that fear that it would happen to me again, that I would do that again. And so in the message translation, I read this verse. And should I wander off like a lost sheep, seek me, I'll recognize the sound of your voice. And should I wander off like a lost sheep, seek me, I'll recognize the sound of your voice. I want to encourage all of you parents who have got children that are not walking with the Lord, but they knew Him when they were young. They know the sound of His voice. They know the sound of His voice. So pray. Get on your knees before God. Don't be timid. Know the authority you have as mother and as father and be called to pray for those children. Be praying for your son. Be praying for your daughter. Ask that the voice of God would cut through all of the noise, that they would recognise His voice. I have a friend and she, she grew up in church when she was little. She'd walked away for a very long time. Things were going bad for her. And as she was walking on the beach, it hit her. I've built my life on the sand. 
She remembered that song from when she was in Sunday school. I'll recognise the sound of your voice. If your kids are little, what's going on in there in Curate Kids is amazing. They hear from God. They pray together. They worship. Be interested. Be interested. Think of them as adults so that should they ever walk away, that they would recognise the sound of His voice. Ask them, ask them, has God been speaking to you? Encourage that. Ask them what they're praying for at the moment. Pray with them. Encourage it. Encourage it. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. I love what um, Joshua, in Joshua 24, verse 5, and he says, but as for, as for my house, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You've got this window when they're young. You've got a window. Make the most of it. Let's move on to marriage. Marriage. Did you know that when you got married, for those of you who are married, When you got married, you didn't just gain a husband, you didn't just gain a wife, you also gained a calling. There's a higher calling for Christian marriages. It's a higher calling. See, God called us in our marriages that we, that the way we love each other would help people understand the way Christ loves His people and His church. There is a higher calling in your marriage. It's quite the calling. But how? How do we become such a, such a marriage? How do we become such, such a partnership that we would help the world understand how Christ loved His people? Not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. See, I only have a limited amount in myself of kindness, of love, of peace, of faithfulness, of all of these things. But when I'm in the Spirit, when I invite the Spirit at work in my life, and I, do, and I, and I am aware that I'm dwelling with the Spirit and I'm connected to Him, I have all the attributes of God. I have the fruits of the Spirit inside of me. And so when I'm relating with my husband, when you're relating with your wife or your husband and you carry the Spirit of God, you know that you don't just have your level of kindness, you have the kindness of God within you. You don't just have your level of peace, you have the peace of God within you that you can offer and bring into your marriage. So I know that when it's really hard and it was hard to love, and I do, sometimes I I will and I'll go, oh, wow, like that wasn't just my love. That wasn't just me, but that was an overflow of the Spirit at work within me. You understand what I'm saying? It's not just your joy. You've got the joy from God. Like It's not just your peace. You've got the peace of God when it makes no sense. It's not just your love. It's not just your grace. You've got God's on offer as well. There's this flow 
that can happen when we have the Holy Spirit. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better. A triple braided cord cannot be easily broken. Three is better when when Jesus is the centre of our marriage. And so you want to work on your marriage? Spend some time with God. Spend some time with God. If you want the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to have to be connected to the vine that is Jesus Christ. So spend some time with Him if you want to have more than enough in your marriage. When it's hard, take a moment to be with God. We are called to our marriages. And we're called to our family. We're called to our family, blood relatives or not. We're called to our family. I love that one of the very last acts Jesus did as He was on the cross is He brought together a family that was not of blood. He said to His best friend, Hey, this is my mother, she's now your mother. And this is now your son. And He brought them together. I know as Christians, we can sometimes think that if we don't have that kind of perfect nuclear family, um, that we're kind of, it's a bit lesser. It's not in the Kingdom of God. It is not lesser. He loves it. There's a very challenging verse I'm about to read. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8. We're talking about our wider family here. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. They've denied their true faith. People who won't look after, who won't care for their relatives, especially in their own household. Strong language, eh? But I get it. Like often we have people coming to the church for pastoral care. They're they're in need. They're not managing in their life. And when they share about, you know, why they're not managing, maybe they're not managing because of health reasons or mental health or a tragedy or finances, And when they're sharing about it, often I'm thinking, where the heck is their family, right? Like, where the heck is their family? And I don't say it like that. And I say, do you have any family? And um, and often they will give you a little list of family who for many different reasons can't be helping them. But often they'll say this, oh, but I have this one auntie and she prays for me. Oh, I have this one grandson. He mows my lawns. I have this sister-in-law. She drives me to the hospital. I have this son. He covers my power bill. I have this sister. She checks in on me every day. Man, may we, may our family members never be able to say that they don't have anyone in their life. May you be to them that nephew or that sister or that brother or that grandmother or that grandson or that sister-in-law or that brother-in-law or that uncle or that auntie, that one that they can say, yep, life is really tough, but I've got that sister. Life is really tough, but I've got that grandson. Life is really tough, but I've got that auntie. May we as the people of God be the exception in their life 
life, the one that they can look to and lean on. Let's get interested about our family. If you don't know who in your family is actually, you know, struggling, then that's a really great place to start. We're called to our family. Parents, you're called to your children. You're called to your children, it's important. We're all called to our parents. Husbands and wives, you're called to each other, even if it's tough. We're called to our family.